The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. is that uh, as an American Jew, you're safer in Saudi Arabia right now than you are on a college campus like Columbia University. Um, I spoke at the conference. They allowed me to speak freely. We're working very closely at a federal level with state and local authorities to be able to better identify threats uh, to the Jewish community. Now, there's obviously also a rise in uh, anti-Muslim hate and uh, and activity as well. We're watching that very, very closely. And we have to recognize that our credibility and our authority on the moral stage is is greatly diminished if we do not also call out these uh, this siege that Israel is launching on Gaza as violations of international law. Hamas is making life extremely difficult for Israel by taking civilians as human shields and by putting their rocket infrastructure and terrorist infrastructure among civilians. That creates an added burden for Israel, but it does not lessen Israel's responsibility under international humanitarian law to distinguish between terrorists and civilians and to protect the lives of innocent people and that is the overwhelming majority of the people in gaza those are innocent people whose lives should be protected israel without any question has a right to defend itself that being said it is very important that there be no conflation between hamas and the palestinians and we have been very clear that the rules of war must be adhered to. Israel can defend itself, but that's the kind of commentary that we're treated to every day. They can defend themselves. I guess the ground invasion finally started three weeks on from Hamas's attack, from Hamas's siege on uh, southern Israel that went on for hours and hours as Israelis were crying out for the IDF, the army. Where's the army? My house is burning down. And now Israel goes in. You see these these protests all over the world. That first one from Russia. I think Sundance said there's some things about that that are a little bit fishy. But but that said, the other other footage of of London, these pro-Hamas demonstrators, 
wrestling police officers to the ground. The spread of, of Jew hate, hatred toward Jews, anti-Semitism, it re- it's engulfing the world, even as, even as Israel, little Israel, comes under attack from Hamas. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, kicking off Monday's show with a mega montage there at the top of the, the program. Uh, You can get to the live video stream of this show every weekday morning at 11 a.m. or 11.05 a.m., I guess, after the feature story news uh, at TrumpetDaily.com. Just go to TrumpetDaily.com or go to our Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash TrumpetDaily, and you can watch the live stream every day. If you're at Rumble, of course, leave us the thumbs up. Leave us uh, some nice comments. We always enjoy seeing some of those. So lots to get to on today's show. Speaking of Rumble, uh, we've got our documentary, uh, Israel's 9-11, over an hour in length, uh, no narration really to speak of. We just let the footage and what you hear from the footage, we let it speak for itself. It's not not necessarily the easiest uh, documentary to watch. It's probably not for little children. Uh, But in any event, we're hoping to post that, I think, tomorrow evening on our Rumble channel. I'll give you some more details on that um, on tomorrow's show. But make sure that you uh, visit our Rumble channel. We're just going to make it available there because of just how graphic the the violence uh, and and how gory so much of it uh, it is. But it's not gratuitous by any means. It actually happened. And even as we were putting this together... (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the fellows that were working on it told me that some of the footage has already been erased from the internet. They're just erasing that away. And now all you hear is what the Gaza Health Ministry has to say about casualties. And you know they're lying. How many more? I've seen at least a half a dozen people faking deaths, it, even wrapped in, in a cloth like they're off to the morgue or something. And they're moving they're breathing. They're faking the death so that, well, the images that go out to the BBC and CNN, people can see, they can see what Israel's doing to Gaza. The siege on Gaza. It's pretty crazy, as I was saying in class this morning, just how far human nature is willing to go to tell a complete and total audacious lie. Why would you need to lie if it's so horrible? Why would you need to fake deaths on top of that? Of course there's going to be collateral damage. Israel has said as much. But this is just like Donald Trump said over the weekend. This is all everyone who dies in Gaza as part of the collateral damage. That's on Hamas. That's on Hamas. There, and, and there's the fake vice president going on and on. Again, the little sliver of Hamas and then the Palestinian people who just want peace. They just want a state of their own. And Israel helping them all along, <laughs> opening the way for supplies, everything to get in there, and for 18,000 Palestinians to even get work permits to come into Israel every day. And how does Hamas return the favor? Well, by invading southern Israel and destroying the lives, killing 1,400 people 
I uh, read through a dialogue yesterday at some Israeli website. This is probably not going to get much coverage uh, on CNN or the BBC. It was a WhatsApp community, one of the kibbutzes that was uh, under attack. All these people that were huddling in their safe rooms, sending out messages to family, to city officials saying, where's the army? I can hear them shooting outside. They're trying to break into the door. Now we smell smoke. They're going to burn us down. They're going to burn us alive. What a day, October 7. Israel's 9-11. That's the title of our forthcoming documentary. We'll have more details on that tomorrow. Listen to this from the Telegraph. It says here, the U.S., has threatened to stop supplying rifles to Israel after their national security minister was seen handing them out to civilians. <laughs> Can you believe this? Joe Obama. Joe Obama says, "Hey, if you're uh, if one of your government ministers handing out weapons to the citizenry of Israel, you know, we may stop supplying you with rifles." This is from a nation that supposedly has and, and defends the second amendment. Getting the, the, the feathers are ruffled because ordinary Jews are getting firearms. You're not supposed to supply the citizens of Israel with these firearms. These are the same people that funnel in billions of dollars to Iran so that Iran can give all these rifles to Hamas. These are the same people, going back to Joe Obama or Barack Hussein Obama, he had no problem giving rifles to the, the, the drug cartels in Mexico, fast and furious. Think of the, the funding that we give to even Hamas. And then, but they get worked up, you see. It's just like that, that report from Canada. We, we played the clip last week. The fact that Israeli citizens would, would dare go to purchase a gun for their own safety we, we look at how much money we're giving to Ukraine. And, and they're buying weapons with it. Well, not the, the money that's not going into the pockets of the oligarchs, I mean. They're supposedly buying, and we're fine. We're fi- hey, they've got to have weapons to fight Russia. Uh, we've got to send rifles down to Mexico. Who cares how they're used or if they're turned against us? Give money to Iran so they can give rifles to Hamas. But now listen, Israel. You give guns to your people. We may, we, may, we may cut you off. It says here, the images appeared. Well, I don't even need to read the rest of it. But how ridiculous is this? <laughs> These people that go on and on. What did Biden say last week? We're, li- listen, we'll, we'll stop at nothing to, to bring peace to this earth. Just imagine if the two sides... Israel and Hamas, imagine if they were to come together. Imagine the success story that that would have been. And meanwhile, as I said to you last week, (laughs) the world just goes up in flames. Listen to this flashback. This is Biden. Just before they stole the election in 2020, he's, he's, and this, this, this spoke for every commentator all through the four years of Trump, that Trump was gonna cause war Trump was going to start World War III. You put it together with what Trump said over the weekend. Clip five. 
The world has changed because what Trump has done. And the American people, including independents and some Republicans, know how bad he is, know how much he's misrepresented, know how he's getting close to getting us in a war. I said, as the walls close in on this man, I'm worried he's going to get us to war in Iran. Unfortunately, I may have been right. Remember Hillary? She said, he'll cause, he'll cause a war. He'll cause a war. They'll look at him, the way he talks, he'll cause a war. I say, no, the way I talk, I'll stop wars. I'm the only president in 72 years that didn't start a war. The only one. No, we didn't. Start, but we finished wars. We finished ISIS and a lot of others. We got out of Syria. We got out of Iraq. Here they're going on and on, or they were, about how that Donald Trump was the the one that was, I mean, he had his hand on the trigger. He was going to start a war with, you've got people even in, in Congress now calling for war against Iran. Now, as we've pointed out, they're about, they're about 22 years late with that. But, but people itching for war, itching for Ukraine to ramp it up against Russia. Itching for war now with Iran. Well, Iran is the head of the snake. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But all of these wars, and Joe Obama's entangled in all of them. And the one they tried to get out of, Afghanistan, look at how that finished. Speaking of giving guns to just ordinary citizens of Afghanistan, Taliban people, $80, 90000000000 billion worth? Yeah, no problem. Just leave it behind. Let the Taliban have the weapons. But now if a Jew, if one of those Jews gets a, a firearm, from a government officials in Israel, we may well cut you off. There's a demonic spirit behind what we're seeing all around. You can't explain it otherwise. You just can't. That's why we work so hard on this show. This morning, if we have time, I'll get into it in the second segment. But I was telling the students this morning, I mean, you could essentially... Uh, every day on this program, there's a, a section of it or a good chunk of it that, that really and truly does revolve around the Ninth Commandment. The breaking of the Ninth Commandment. Look at the lies and the deceit. What can you believe? The Gaza Health Ministry comes out and says, yeah, they've slaughtered 8,000 of our people. Really? And why, why do we keep seeing images on Twitter? of people, if they're on the cart because they're su supposedly dead and it trips or whatever and the guy gets up and takes off. I mean, it's, it's almost comical. But the, they put this out because they know, they know there's talking heads out there. They're going to they're gonna focus on those images. They're going to take what the Gaza Health Ministry says. And then look at the standard they hold the Jews to. Israel. You've got our State Department up in arms. The State Department of the United States in which there's a Second Amendment that allows ordinary citizens to have weapons, to have firearms, to have rifles. And yet you've got the U.S. State Department saying, hey, hey, we, we may have to cut off some of the funding or even the weapons that we're sending over to Israel because that's strictly for the Israeli military. Don't dare let a citizen of Israel get a firearm. Donald Trump was in Vegas over the weekend. It was some, uh, some gathering for a, a Jewish organization. Lots of speakers there defending little Israel, including Donald Trump. Listen to what he had to say. Clip six. 
is they want to destroy our country. They want to destroy our country. Under Biden, we have not one but two immigration disasters. We have one on the border, and we have one in the Biden State Department, which is admitting colossal amounts of jihadists into our communities and campuses and our refugee programs. That's why you see all of these big demonstrations in New York, in Chicago. Nobody can believe what's taking place. They're letting them in at levels that nobody's ever seen before. We cannot allow that to happen, and we don't want to be like Europe with jihads on every corner. That's what happens. I mean, we're going to have, we're going to be like Europe. You take a look at London, you take a look at Paris, you take a look at what's going on over there. We want to be the United States of America, and we want to make our country great again. Right now, we don't have a great country. We have a laughing stock. Not too many people speaking like that in uh, Washington, D.C., just inviting all of these problems into your country. Who does this? Who welcomes them in? And then you see what happens on the streets of London, on the streets of New York City. You've got Jews running to, to an attic in a library in New York City, fearing for their lives. You've got Jews, assuming the, the story is correct on uh, social media, you've got Jews flying into this Russian city and the plane has to be diverted or else they have to take the Jews uh, somewhere else. They fear for their lives? Is this, ha is this actually happening in 2023? And yet there are Joe Obama's people saying, well, okay, there are a few cases uh, of anti-Semitism, but let me tell you about uh, anti-Islam. That's a big problem too, is it? They're taking to the streets and they're beating up police officers in London. Kushner has it right. It's safe. He's an American Jew. It's safer for him to go and speak at a conference than it would be if he showed up and spoke at Berkeley. What has happened to academia? What has happened to America's big cities? Listen again to Donald Trump from the weekend, clip seven. That's caused by some very bad troublemakers, those uh, events that you've been watching. In the past three weeks, crooked Joe Biden has turned a blind eye to the greatest outbreak of anti-Semitism in American history. You have the greatest. I call up friends of mine who happen to be Jewish. I say, are you watching what's going on? And they're actually frightened. And these are some pretty strong people. They're tough people. They're frightened. Their kids are afraid to go to school. And they never had that before. But in our colleges, media and even government, Nobody's ever seen anything like Rashida Talib and Ilan Omar, who openly campaign against Israel. Nobody's ever seen this before. When asked recently about rising anti-Semitic hate, Joe Biden's own press secretary had nothing to say about the rabid mobs in the street. And they're shouting, kill the Jews, kill the Jews. And she had nothing to say. In fact, she stuck up for the other side. She started talking about the other side. You all saw it. Nobody could believe it. Then she came back later. She said, oh, I misunderstood the question. Pretty good commentary. The, the press spokesperson for Joe Biden, not even commenting on, what did he say there, the greatest outbreak of anti-Semitism in American history? No comment. She has to come out and apologize. Well, I didn't hear the question correctly. That's what she, because the, the, the blowback is so intense. You know, I thought it was interesting even over the weekend. I'll talk further about uh, uh, Maria Bartiromo's show uh, later on if I have time. But she has Jared Kushner on, 
the, the Donald Trump's son-in-law and Kushner and his wife, you know, the pre- former president's uh, daughter, they've kept a fairly low profile, came out and announced that they really weren't going to be a part of the campaign for re-election. But he's on, he's an American Jew, and he's on TV, he's talking about the prospects of Donald Trump coming back. Trump was saying there that, you know, some of his friends that he's talking to in the Jewish community, they're afraid. They're afraid of violence. And then you've got Tlaib and Omar just going on TV, basically openly calling for the world to gang up against Israel because of the Israeli siege on Gaza. Play one uh, one more clip from uh, President Trump over the weekend. Clip eight. The same radicals tearing down posters of Israeli hostages, can you imagine, at our university, ripping them right off the wall, I couldn't believe it, are the ones tearing down statues of our American heroes, defunding our police, destroying our justice system, and demolishing our borders. These are the same people that you have, same people, not good people for us. The United States and Israel represent the pinnacle of Western civilization, which is exactly what these people want to destroy. They want to destroy it. This is why those who chant death to Israel also chant always death to America. Do you ever notice they always put them together? And that's why American patriots and supporters of Israel, and you have tremendous support in this country, I can tell you that, must stick together. Come hell or high water, you have to stick together. We must have strong borders, strong military, strong families, strong cultures, and above all, we must have a strong American president. That's where it starts. We read you that, I forget which publication it was, but the, the author talked about this being a calculated attack on the Judeo-Christian ethic. You know, these same forces, like he was saying there, the same people that want to handcuff Israel. On the one hand, they want wide open borders so that more and more more and more of these illegals can just come flooding in, including from Middle, East, Middle Eastern nations, including people that hate the Jews. They want to bring them all in, just invite them all in. And then, of course, Donald Trump, he's the only one standing against this attack. America is under attack. He's the only one standing against. And so he's the biggest target. I mean, today in Colorado, a, a judge is actually hearing a case that's intended to take Donald Trump off of the ballot next year. They don't even, I mean, this is like the final silly stage of the lawfare. They don't even want him, they don't want to put it to a vote. No. And it's a, it's a radical left-wing judge. She just gave to a radical left-wing organization a year ago. A one that was opposing Trump, of all things. So Trump's people ask her to recuse herself, and she can't bother with her recusing because she wants to get Trump. Take him off the ballot. Colorado's like the trial balloon because they want to do the same thing in Michigan. They want to do the same thing in Pennsylvania. Take him off the ballot. Well, but why? Well, because he's a leader of an insurrection. We can blow the dust off this uh, little statute or whatever it was following the Civil War. And we can get Trump. Andy McCarthy, 
This is regarding the, the motion, and I think it was in the D.C. case, Trump's motion to dismiss uh, Jack Smith's indictment for incitement. And McCarthy says here, this is by any standard an effort to criminalize Trump's speech. Public political speech can, of course, be criminalized, but only in certain narrow circumstances. It says when the charge is that the defendant used his speech in order to encourage others to commit unlawful acts, there's a long-standing test under Brandenburg versus Ohio. There must be direct incitement of imminent lawless action. It says, and yet while Trump's team challenges the indictment in general as a prosecution of statements of political opinion, it does not even bother to cite Brandenburg or argue that Trump cannot legally be held responsible for the rioters. <laughs> you see the title there. Donald Trump is poorly served by his lawyers. I mean, you talk about no helper. He's ba the article basically is that the, the, even Trump's attorneys are weak. He needs, better, he needs better lawyers. Like Sam was saying, he follows a lot of lawyers on, uh, on Twitter, anonymous lawyers. They don't put their name out there because they don't want to be made a target themselves. But a lot of those anonymous ones make better arguments. I mean, even man, Andy McCarthy, he says further on in his piece, by the way, I'm not getting paid to defend Trump. I don't particularly care what happens to Donald Trump. Well, isn't that nice? So he's not even trying to defend Trump, but he admits in his own column, I don't care what happens to Donald Trump. You don't care? Why wouldn't you care? I care about the law. You see, I'm here to tell you what the law says. If they destroy Donald Trump by twisting and perverting the law, I mean, I don't really care about that. But hey, I've got a good column for you to read to tell you that Trump's attorneys are weak. Well, they're not the only ones who are weak and pathetic. You look at what he's going up against, Donald, Donald Trump. There's a demonic spirit behind it, for sure. Four indictments, 91 felony charges. Now they're trying to get him erased from the ballot in Colorado. <laughs> Is this really happening? And you know what? You know what? Amid all of this, right in the midst of it all, there I am yesterday morning, my wife's cutting my hair. We're watching Maria Bartiromo's show. She has on Jonathan Turley talking about this Colorado case. She has on Jared Kushner, as I mentioned. And, and they're just talking. Fox is no, they are no fan of Donald Trump. Now, I don't know about Maria. Maybe she's got more uh, support for Donald Trump. And she's got to be careful. Let me look what happened to Tucker. Anyway, the, the discussion Jared Kushner is talking about how that more and more people he encounters, they're swinging over to Trump when they weren't even with him in 2020 or 16. He's, he's growing in popularity. They asked Byron Donalds, the black, the black congressman from Florida, you know, what about your community? He's like, I've never seen it. I've never seen the rise in support for a Republican candidate like there is now in the black community. They're just talking openly, basically, about Trump's return. Or they're implying it. And meanwhile, look at what they're doing in Colorado. Look at the crazy indictments. The, 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 what it tells you is these people, they know, they know it's unlawful lawfare that's happening here. They know in their heart of hearts. It's just the Democrats' effort to try to prevent Donald Trump from ever getting back into the Oval Office. 
one of the, the, the star witnesses for those prosecutors trying to remove Trump from the ballot, guess who it is? Well, that would be Eric Swalwell. They're basing everything in their case on the January 6th commission, which didn't even have a Republican on it. It's a, it's a Democrat hit job yet again. And, and people like McCarthy can just stand back and say, well, now, I, I don't really care what happens to Trump. You don't care. Do you care what's happening to the country? You should care. Look at what Donald Trump is going up against. This is clip 11. Because they did something to me that's never been done before. They indicted me because I protested a crooked election. They indicted me. They go after people for years. Do you notice they never go after people that rigged the election? They go after people that are complaining about the rigging. Donald Trump is not going to be able to beat Joe Biden from a courtroom in Washington, D.C. while he's fighting his indictment on the January 6th case. The moment that gag order was put on pause, he started going and attacking people left and right. And so I think that there's no doubt in my mind that there will be a gag order imposed on Donald Trump. And there's also no doubt in my mind that he's going to violate it repeatedly, repeatedly to the point where a judge is going to have to confront the ultimate question. Are we going to put the former president in jail? And I think there's only one answer to that. Well, which what is your answer? Which is you have to. Um, Jill, this is now uh, the second time Trump has violated this gag order. He has shown no indication that he is going to stop. What's the likelihood that the judge will make good on his threat of prison time against Trump if he keeps violating this order? If this was anyone not named Donald Trump, they would have already been jailed for contempt and for violating the law. The only thing that will stop him is jailing him. Yeah, Trump is your textbook narcissist. What happens to a narcissist when you stand up to him? He gets smaller. He gets angry. He lashes out. He acts like a child. And if that means he keeps doing what he's doing and ultimately he gets put in jail, he has it coming. He's asking for it. He's basically daring the court to do that because he doesn't believe that will ever happen. And I think we're going to get to a point where he is going to keep doing this. He's going to keep mouthing off, violating the gag order. And I think the judge is going to have no choice but to hold him accountable to the fullest extent of the powers that the court grants them. Yeah, put him in prison for the gag order, for violating the gag order, for just talking about a crazy, lunatic judge. Put him in jail. That'll prevent him from being on the ballot for sure. There's people like this, it's a dime a dozen, they're all over the place. And then you've got Andy McCarthy. I mean, he's hit, hit or miss. But when he's on, I mean, he's usually pretty sharp. But right in the midst of exposing this great evil and the weakness on the side of his, his, uh, his team, his legal team, Trump's that is, he says, I don't, really, I don't really care what happens to Trump. You don't care, do you? Wow. I mean, that's pretty revealing. The Washington Post says special counsel Jack Smith argued in a new court filing Wednesday that recent comments by Donald Trump show not only that a federal gag order should be reimposed, but that the court should weigh stricter sanctions, including sending him to jail. Well, Jack Smith says you should send Trump to jail. He's already been fined $10,000. He can only say certain things, you see. They can say whatever they want about him, and they do. You've heard it on this show many, many, many times. They can talk about assassinating him. 
They can talk, they can laugh about decapitating him, literally. But if Donald Trump defends himself, he needs to be in jail. In recent weeks, Trump's public statements attacking prosecutors, court personnel, and others have raised alarms among judges who worry that such verbal broadsides might inspire someone to commit violence. See, they're worried here again about what might happen. Never mind what's actually happening. Even after the Israel attacks, the attack on southern Israel, just let's just move on and talk about the rules of war for Israel. Forget about that WhatsApp discussion where Jews were being burned alive. Babies, little babies, destroyed before they even reach a year of life on this earth. Killed by these Hamas lunatics. And then people taking to the streets all over the world in support of Hamas. And you can't even get Joe Obama to come out and denounce it. I didn't hear the question, sorry. Terrifying times. Perilous times, your Bible says. We're certainly living in the last days. No helper, (laughs) no helper for Jeroboam. And yet, and yet, still, still, you see his poll numbers continue to climb. Listen to Jared Kushner on with Maria yesterday, clip three. Uh, I see every day, you know, people, uh, even people who are not in favor of Trump are realizing that under President Trump, uh, we had a peaceful world. Uh, people said when he got into power, he would create World War III. Well, uh, there were no new wars. Um, he was making peace deals. The Middle East, which was one of the thorniest issues uh, for American diplomats and politicians and military for two decades, became a very peaceful place with a lot of momentum. And uh, in just a couple short years, uh, you've seen what happened when there's passive leadership and, and weak leadership uh, from America and the world. And, you know, we have uh, two massive wars that have the chance to metastasize further. And I think a lot of people who maybe um, uh, were against Trump are realizing that we need a strong leader for America and for the world and that his policies made the world a safer and more prosperous place. See, it's like I said here, they're trying even trying to put him away on a gag order. And you've got people on fight, at least on her show, is talking openly about his popularity is rising. He's, he's going to, people want him back. <laughs> they want him back. They want him to come back. It's so obvious. I mean, I mean, even this, even January 6th is exposed for the fraud that it is in this Colorado court case that's going on. Because the whole basis for removing Trump from the ballot is that he was leading an insurrection on January 6th, which nobody believes except Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, besides those crazies on the January 6th commission. Nobody believes that. At worst, they believe it was a protest gone bad that turned into some rioting here and there. Most people feel like it was a setup, that the FBI was involved, that Antifa elements were there trying to stir it up. But here comes a fancy, you know, smooth-talking lawyer saying he was... He was, Donald Trump led the insurrection. Never mind that he said peacefully protest. He led an insurrection. So really, we shouldn't even leave him on the ballot. <laughs> no, no wonder, as Kushner brings, and, and by the way, Kushner and Ivanka, they've had a pretty low profile, as I said, with respect to Trump's reelection campaign. 
you, if you begin to see them coming out more, they're, they're uh, at least in Jared's case, he's a practicing Jew. So is Ivanka, for that matter. But here are American Jews. They're looking at what's happening in the Middle East. They look at what's happening on our campuses in the United States. A lot of people are worried. <laughs> Kamala Harris, the fake vice president, she was on 60 Minutes last night. And, and she's going on and on about how many wonderful things <laughs> that Joe Biden has done for the country. And uh, the reporter essentially says, well, then how come you're not smoking Donald Trump at the polls? Listen to this exchange, clip four. Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. Now, the challenge that we have as an administration is we got to let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> That's our challenge. But it is not that the work we are doing is not very, very popular with a lot of people. Considering what you are laying out as your achievements, mm-hmm. you have the current front runner for the GOP, Donald Trump, facing, what, 91 criminal charges? I've lost count. Yet the Biden-Harris ticket is running neck and neck with Donald Trump. Why are you not 30 points ahead? Well, I'm not, I'm not a political pundit, so I, I, I'm not going to speak to that. <laughs> well, I am a political pundit, you could say. I'll speak to it because you're destroying the country. That's why you're not winning in a landslide. You're lying about all the good things you've brought to the nation. People see, the, they see a country that's unraveling every single day. And, and all that they have are lies. We're, we're quite familiar with the satanic strategy at play here. We saw an entire church destroyed by lies. They were changing all the doctrines. They were fundamentally transforming everything in the Worldwide Church of God. Back in the late 1980s, the early 1990s, I'm old enough to remember some of it. They made all these doctrinal changes. And what did they do? They came out publicly. They wrote in the worldwide news. They said in sermons that they weren't changing anything. No, no. Everything, in fact, everything's perfect. Everything's humming along. We're doing great. Look at what we've done for you. My father, in writing Malachi's message in 1989, he referred to this exchange he had with one of those Laodicean ministers a Laodicean minister who looked at Malachi's message, saw what he wrote about strong delusion in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 11. And he said basically, hey, God, my God doesn't send strong delusion. God is strong enough to control his church. And if the Tkach administration, if they're not obeying God, if they're not following according, if they're not following the scriptures with respect to doctrinal teachings, then God will just move him out of the way and put someone else in there. So, so basically, this man, who later left the Worldwide Church of God, by the way, said that the church can't go astray. And my father said in Malachi's message, look at church history, look at Revelation 2 and 3. I mean, it's just almost routine. People of God drifting into a Laodicean state and falling away from the truth. Now, with respect to 2 Thessalonians 2, My father refers to it in Malachi's message, and he says, now look at what this verse says. God says he will send strong delusion to test you to prove whether or not you love the truth. 
this Laodicean minister said, my God doesn't send strong delusion. And my father said, uh, would you look into the Bible? Would you see what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2? Read it. God says that he will. God did it. God sent it. Because he wanted to see if we really loved the truth or if we were easily deceived by lies. This is from Proverbs 6, verse 16. It says, These six things does the eternal hate. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. God hates a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness, verse 19 says, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. These are things God hates, and you'll notice how many of them revolve around dishonesty, deceit, lying. We make a big deal out of testimony in Washington, D.C., where we can finally get someone under oath because it's just so common that if they're not under oath, I mean, they're just going to lie. Look at, the, look at the liars in the swamp. We barely bat an eye. It's just become so routine. Look at how much mischief, to use the language in those three verses, Look at how much lawlessness, evil, mischief, sowing discord. Look how much of it revolves around lying, bearing false witness, even destroying another man's reputation. What is the exact language? I'll just skip ahead in my notes here. Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, that's the ninth commandment. And as we've been studying the commandments of God in our doctrines class, I mean, you see the many benefits that are there with respect to the other commandments, how they're designed to protect the God family, the, the human family, marriage, the marriage relationship, how they're there to protect human life, the sanctity of human life, how they're there to protect another man's property. In this commandment, God says, this is how you protect an individual's reputation. Don't bear false witness against them. Make sure that you love the truth of God. Notice what it says in John 8. This is verse 39. Jesus encountered a lot of liars in his day. And he called them out on it. John 8:39 says, "If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham." They said they were Abraham's children, and, and Christ says, uh, "No, you're not. <laughs> you're lying. If you were Abraham's children, then you'd be followers of Abraham and what he taught." Verse 44, it says, "You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth." Because there is no truth in him. It says when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. I mean, there is no 
truth whatsoever in Satan the devil. He, from the very beginning, his beauty got, got to him. He saw his throne on earth and said, I want to exalt that even above the throne of my maker. And he just started spewing lies. There's no truth in the devil. He does at times quote scripture. He did it in Matthew 4 in the Titanic confrontation with Christ. But when he quotes scripture, he twists it and he distorts it. Just like so many people do today. But they don't. They don't bother even looking into the truth of the matter. I mean, look at the, the pagan ritual that we have coming up tomorrow night. There's, there's a lot of religious organizations in the world today that heartily support something as demonic as Halloween. And it takes you about two seconds with a, a good older encyclopedia to see the origins, what it traces back to, and how that there's nothing there's nothing remotely biblical about it. Far from that. It really does promote. It promotes violence. It promotes ghoulish behavior. And we're seeing, in case you haven't noticed, this has been quite the month for violent, ghoulish, barbaric behavior. Why would you want to celebrate something like that? Even if it's just to, to put scary Scary masks on young people. Children. Why? Well, you see, most people have never bothered to even look into it. And they just see it as what Satan wants for them to see it as. Harmless fun. What's the truth of the matter? Are you willing to look into it? This world, God says it's, it's not his world, it's Satan's world. And Satan, I mean, if he's the God of this world, look at what he's the father of. Lies, murder, deceit. He, Revelation 12, 9 says he's deceived the whole world. I mean, it's in every... My wife has a nutrition class here at the college, and it's never, it never ceases to astound her just how dishonest you know, food producers are. If with anything... Healthy food, unhealthy food, supplements. I mean, people just lie. And we, we get accustomed to it. And they look at the FDA or whatever the regulations are, and they say, okay, if, if we just stay within these, these little parameters here, then we can, we can just make stuff up about our product. And hopefully people will believe us and then buy it. You see it with commercials. You see it everywhere. Verse 31, this is still Matthew, uh, or sorry, John 8. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Verse 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, the only way to be freed from deception, from captivity, from lies, from dishonesty, from the lying tongue that causes so much mischief. The only way free from that is sincerity and truth. The truth sets you free. Again, Exodus 20 and verse 16 says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. 
That's not applying to someone who's under oath. I mean, people lie even under oath. We've showed examples of James Clapper or John Brennan lied under oath. They're still, they're still running along at uh, MSNBC or wherever. Distinguished, distinguished commentators. You've got Peter Str- I think in one of those montages, it, should he be in jail? Well, the, the reporter, quote unquote, asking the question is Jen Psaki. That's, that's Joe Biden's former spokesperson. And then on the monitor behind them, you've got Andrew Weissman, the pit bull for Bob Mueller. These people are liars, professional liars. And they go from their positions in government to lead positions on TV. I mean, if the Hamas health ministry says it, they believe. They sure do. They believe. And not only do they believe, they promote. That's right. They retell those same lies. This is from The Plain Truth About Healing, Mr. Armstrong's booklet. It says, your human nature, swayed by Satan, wants to believe that faith is something you exercise in about 30 seconds while you're still praying. And then if God has not done what he promised as soon as you expect it, then you find God guilty of lying. Well, God must have lied when he made this promise. We don't want to look at ourselves. We don't want to consider our ways and whether they're in alignment with God's laws. We just want to make demands of God. Give me this. Give it to me now. It says here, the instant you yield to the devil's influence over your human nature and render a verdict, that God will not do what he has promised just because he has not done it yet, that moment you make God out to be a liar. You lose faith in God. You thereupon break your part in the agreement, which is to have faith and to keep having faith and trusting God and relying upon him until he performs what he promised. The more you trust in God, who cannot lie, Well, the more you love truth, because God is the author of truth. Jesus said God's word is truth. You can see why we need the word of God as an anchor for our soul. We need it. It's got to be the bedrock foundation on which everything is constructed. There has to be an absolute truth. And there is. People, though, want to shove it aside and pretend it doesn't matter. And look at, look at how far human nature can go. Human reasoning, even to the point of faking death in order to tell you that Israel is full of evil, all kinds of evil. Those Jews can't be trusted. What's the spirit behind all of that? These are a few examples that I can pick off the top of my head. But as I say, you step back and you look at our society top to bottom and so much of the evil that's promoted, actively promoted every second of every day. It's, it's violating, it's breaking the ninth commandment that's fueling so much of it in the Ten Commandments booklet. If you don't have that booklet, by the way, if you'd love to study God's law, 
more deeply, make sure you call our operators today and request the, the Ten Commandments, God's Commandments. The 800 number is one 930 3024. You can also get to all of our literature at the, uh, the website, thetrumpet.com, and you can email us too on top of that, td at thetrumpet.com. In the Ten Commandments booklet, it says the two most difficult things for a human being to do are to admit error and to face failure. To admit error, <laughs> how can that be so difficult? Well, here again, examples are all over the place. Look at the, the hospital bombing. Right away, you know what the coverage was initially and the protest that it triggered worldwide. Imagine if following that, you know, anyone on CNN, the BBC would have come forward and said, you know what, we got it wrong. We got it, I mean, we got it dead wrong. We reported that Israel bombed this hospital. For one, the bombing, it was just the parking lot outside. Okay, and it was a misfire. It was actually Hamas that fired the rocket to the park. Israel had nothing to do with it. Furthermore, we've actually looked into the press conference put on by the Hamas health industry or agency, whatever it is. And uh, they were faking a lot of that. Uh, we're actually, we're not sure how they were able to bring in bodies from all over the place for a parking lot that really didn't have a lot of bodies there. So we want to correct the record, and we really apologize because of the protests that our reporting, our false reporting, triggered around the world. You hear someone say something to that effect, and that's the moment I fall right over. Stunned. Stunned. Because you never, ever, ever would see someone admit error. Certainly not, not like that. That's all we have time for. Maybe tomorrow we can delve even more deeply into a study of this ninth commandment. You are listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Don't forget about the Rumble channel, the thumbs up, the nice comments, and uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can reach me at Stephen Fleury. Thanks for joining us on today's show, and of course, we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.